0: Hey, this is Abhi. Welcome to the Manmukti Podcast, where we speak up about South Asian mental health. We're here to connect you with mental health professionals and those with lived experiences of mental illness. Uh, So, a brief
1: introduction to who I am. Uh, My name is Jay Gandhi, I am a second generation Indian American, and so for those of you that don't know what that means, my parents immigrated from India and I was born in America. Um, I was born and raised in Texas, and I've recently made the big move to Seattle uh, to complete my residency in psychiatry. And so right now, I'm finishing up my residency and will soon be graduating.
0: And how did you decide to specialize in psychiatry? as your residency when you're going through the medical school process?
1: Unfortunately, I don't have the most exciting story, but I do have a story on how I got there.
0: We'll take what um, we can get. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, well, so I came across this idea that I was going to go to medical school extremely early, uh, probably influenced by the fact that I had um, some extended family members in the medical field. Uh, but when I got to college, I found myself dabbling in a few very non-scientific fields. Uh, specifically, my one of my degrees was in religion and philosophy. That probably should have tipped me off pretty early that a strictly scientific field wasn't going to be adequate for me. Um, but I went to medical school, and I thought that I was going to end up in internal medicine, Um, but I spent time in medical school in a medical humanities program and took a course called suffering, which was a course in which we read a number of different books, um, that explored, uh, the human experience and the human side of mental illness. Uh, at that time I was still oblivious to the fact that I was going to get, uh, wooed by the psychiatric field um, and continued to um, think that I was going to go into internal medicine. But when I got to my third year rotations, which is the time in medical school when you start to experience what every single specialty is like, I found that in psychiatry, I found exactly what I had been looking for when I came to medical school, which was this unique moment in which I get to interface with another person I get to know their story, I get to know what's going on with them, and then I get to use that same information to do the best work I can to try and help them. And that was this really powerful um, and unique moment for me, and I found myself being able to tap in to all those interests in the humanities that before didn't seem like I could tap into with other fields of medicine, and... That is how I ended up in psychiatry.
0: Interesting. I, I think that is a great story. I think you're selling yourself short there. Um, so <laughs> one, one of the things I've heard a lot of my, you know, being South Asian, I do have a lot of friends that are in medical school or applying to medical school in residency. And one of the things I hear a lot is some of the prevalence of mental health struggles to those that are in those that are in mental, in medical school. Um, It is obviously a very stressful time. Uh, It can be um, oftentimes too much stress. So one of the things that we like to ask all of our um, podcast contributors is, you know, have you had any personal experience with mental health that you'd like to share just briefly with us here?
1: Um, I, in regards to my personal experience, I can say that I really in a lot of ways have been lucky in that I haven't personally experienced, like, burnout or significant symptoms of depression that can so easily come on with the numerous different stressors that are placed um, by professional fields. Um, But I will say that, like, I have seen very close close friends of mine, as well as family members, struggle with mental illness. Um, And it really is, like, a really unique place that that puts me especially with my strong interest in mental health Um, the difficult line to walk where on the one hand I have a lot of like professional knowledge um, and yet that professional knowledge doesn't always bridge this gap when you see someone around you, someone that you love and care for really struggling Um, and it creates this really difficult space in which I feel like I technically know what I need to do or what should be done, Um, but when it's someone that you care for so deeply, it's hard to know how to navigate that space and to really help them get to the place that you think they need to be.
0: I want to get into a little bit more about uh, the work you've done in regards to mental health, uh, whether that's Um, your medical experience, or the radio show that you've done recently. And I'll let Karthik kind of take over and ask you some more detailed questions around those.
2: All right. Thanks, Jay, for telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what drives you. Now let's talk about the radio show that you do on mental health. So um, how did you decide to start a radio show on South Asian mental health?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, in a lot of ways, a number of different stars aligned that gave me both the opportunity and the time I needed to be able to do a radio show. Uh, but the radio show itself, as a as a method of addressing um, issues regarding mental illness and stigma towards mental illness, is not actually unique, Um, and it's something that's been done in other communities, especially minority communities, to try and create and sustain a conversation. And so along those same lines, I decided about a year ago when this opportunity fell into my lap um, that I wanted to do something to address the fact that the stigma exists in the South Asian community um, and that, you know, I've seen it around me with both, as I mentioned before, both friends and family um, where it is nearly impossible to have a lucid conversation about mental illness. And so as I thought about in what way I could break down this barrier, I thought a really interesting way in which I could deliver information as well as just create a space in which like, we can safely talk about these topics was through a radio show. And so I was able to spend some time, do a little bit of research into the specific interface between South Asians and mental illness, um, and to develop a program in which I was able to address a number of topics um, from the prevalence, the incidence of mental illness among um, South Asians to the commonly held beliefs that South Asians have about mental illness.
2: That's excellent, Jay. I mean, I feel, I feel that this is uh, – you're, you're a pioneer in this space for South Asians. It seems to me that you've um, identified that South Asians have this stigma and you're trying to accomplish um, – like breaking down that stigma. So how have people reacted to this radio show? Have you received any comments or anything like that?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really great question and one that I wish I could provide you a better answer with. Um, unfortunately, part of the reason I've, as mentioned earlier, this was a radio show that I was conducting and I'm now done with. And part of what I struggled with was getting clear feedback from the community. I mean, the show was airing and there was like a place for people to send um, emails or information or anything else throughout the time that it was airing. And yet it was hard to know. Um, People remained pretty hesitant to call in and to talk about uh, any of the different issues that we focused on through the radio show. And I think that that itself, that the lack of communication around it is reflective of the of the problem that we're facing within the South Asian community, which is that, I mean, even with like a radio show, like if the radio is on and you're listening to the episode, I mean, we are in your face talking about mental illness, and yet it still remains so hard to engage. Um, and I think that that really is the crux of the issue, that we're still really early in the stage of trying to open up these doors of talking about a topic that makes a lot of people in the South Asian community really uncomfortable. Um, And, you know, I think we could point to a whole host of different reasons why that may be, but I think at the end of the day, what um, I think you guys are trying to accomplish and what I hope to be able to be helpful with um, as well is to try and find new and unique ways to break down that barrier and to make conversations about mental illness, as comfortable as they possibly can be, um, and to really start to have a lucid conversation around such an important topic.
2: Okay. No, I definitely agree with you that community engagement, especially around sensitive topics like mental health, um, are very challenging because mental health um, treads the fine line along uh, family honor, you know. Uh, Now, going back to your radio show, How do you leverage your medical experience for the show? Yeah, so that's a really great
1: question. And because of my background, because of my background in medicine and my background in medical school, as well as the ongoing work that I do within psychiatry, it really allowed me to look at the evidence. And so to really go to the primary sources, what has been actually published in scientific journals about South Asians and mental illness. And as you might be aware of, or might not be, is that there is a dearth of information out there uh, that actually talks about South Asians and mental illness. And, you know, there's there's a few reasons for this. And part of the problem is the way that the U.S. categorizes race and such that all Asians kind of fall into some... To a big category. And so this is, uh, you know, overly reductionistic. Um, and although it does provide some insight into Asian Americans and mental illness, um, unfortunately there's there's just very little that specifically addresses South Asians. A lot of the research I was able to do really involved like looking at Asian Americans and mental illness, which is a really, really useful place to start. Uh, but what it really highlighted for me um, was that there is very little that we actually know, at least in regards to scientific studies about about Asians and mental illness. And so I was able to at least do some research. And then in addition to that, I was able to leverage my own clinical experience and my own interface with individuals and people um, to provide some additional insight on top of, you know, just the research. And, you know, the hope was, and what I tried to do was to take both that, clinical information that I have, as well as that research, and to try and deliver it in a way that would be engaging and open a conversation.
2: Okay. So it seems to me that you've done your research for the show, um, and in your, in your opinion, you've found that there are some limitations in the research that we have available. Is there a reason for that?
1: Right. And so, as I mentioned, like, one of the, one of the major problems is just the way the U.S. Um, categorizes race in regards to census data such that, you know, all different types of Asians have to circle the Asian um, or maybe Asian-slash-Pacific-Islander box. Um, and so that creates, you know, an overly reductionist um, situation already. Uh, but beyond that, um, I think that the fact that there's very little data is reflective of the fact that even though we have a number of South Asians um, involved in the medical field, that there seems to be potentially a hesitance or a lack of uh, interest in pursuing that specific interface. Um, And I think that, again, the work that you guys are doing um, is really going to be helpful in like raising the question of like, why don't we know more? And why haven't we been looking Um, as you guys mentioned earlier, and as I, you know, as I am also aware, there are a lot of South Asians that are pursuing some really high-stress fields, in which we already have significant data that shows that those types of fields really increase uh, the rates of mental illness that people struggle with. And if we're not looking at that information, if we're not looking at that data, you know, we're kind of flying
2: blind. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is. Part of the reason we don't have that data is because of the stigma that's in the South Asian community that prevents individuals from speaking up or talking about it. Is that correct?
1: That's exactly right.
2: So now let's segue into stigma that's in the South Asian community. So you've worked with South Asians in the past. Um, how do they react to different treatment options that you prescribe? Do they prefer medication to therapy or vice versa? Yeah, and so that brings up a really
1: interesting question, um, especially because, um, so as I work in Seattle, and the exact issue that we're talking about, which is stigma, probably influences the fact that I have actually seen very few South Asians throughout my time in residency um, on top of the fact that there is a little bit more of also a geographical barrier. Many of the South Asians in the um, Seattle region actually live um, across the water in an area called East Side. Um, and so that, that creates a geographical barrier, but I think that there's also this stigma that's a huge barrier. Uh, but with the few South Asians that I've seen, um there's actually been both an openness to medication and therapy. Uh, I actually think this is really interesting for a couple of reasons um, one, the fact that i 've seen so few um, it, like just i think demonstrates the fact that a large stigma exists um, but then I think that also means that those individuals that are willing to come in have already started to break down those. Those barriers, um, with in regards to fears around what medication might mean or what therapy might mean, and so that there has been a surprising level of openness amongst those inst- individuals that have gotten to the point in which they've seen a psychiatric provider, um, and that's really allowed the individuals that I've seen in that capacity to really make significant progress, uh, which is I think really provides a significant ray of hope that you know, if the work that you guys are doing, if the work that I'm trying to do um, is successful, that, like, maybe this can lead to some significant strides in the South Asian community.
2: Okay. So for those individuals who are still quiet about uh, their mental health issues, what do you think are the steps that we need to take to defeat stigma around mental health in our community so that these individuals can speak up and live healthier lives?
1: Yeah, it's a really great question. I think that when we think about what are the contributors to the stigma that we see in the South Asian community, we have to think uh, about the individual and the community um, in ways that are more nuanced than we often do. Um, And so this involves not only thinking about the South Asian community, but thinking about a South Asian community that lives in a larger American society and so what we see is like a significant cultural clash um, in some ways between values held by South Asians and values held by American society. And that something that's felt acutely by those of us that are second generation are parents that grew up in India, moved to America, and essentially faced the question of, do I hold on to my native culture or do I adapt um, and as that process occurs and as that question is grappled with, which is, you know, something that I can't ever having to imagine doing because that navigating that space must be so incredibly difficult. Uh, but what happens is that depending on how much you are able to adapt to the larger culture in the society uh, versus how much you're not, it really influences your own perceptions about things like mental illness because the way mental illness is perceived in like South Asian culture um, inherently is very different than the way it's perceived in American society. And we see that those families, those individuals that are able to kind of take and adapt some American values are able to really talk and to, um, engage in topics around mental illness in ways that those families that really stuck to their roots completely with in regards to the South Asian culture are are unable to do and so what that means it, to me at least it means that really helping South Asian families look and think about mental illness in ways that speak their language um almost in a literal sense um, and are, and we are then able to kind of break down what I think in some ways is a language barrier and a cultural barrier to understanding what it means to have a mental illness. Okay. So per
2: your experience and research in this uh, space in, regarding stigma, do you think mental health issues um, are going to be lower for second and third generation immigrants compared to first generation immigrants? Yeah, that's a
1: really good question. Um, the data is interesting, and it's difficult to interpret. Um, again, the huge caveat here being that the majority of the data data is around Asian Americans in general and and not specifically about South Asians, but um, what it seems to suggest is that there are different types of problems that are faced by like in regards to mental illness um, by those that are first generation versus those that are second generation. Um, I actually haven't seen much about third generation and onwards. Um, and that would be a really interesting thing to think about, especially as um, at least a lot of my uh, peers are second generation and they are starting to have children. And so, I mean, those are going to be third generation children. And it'll be interesting to see how that, how perceptions of mental illness and how understandings of mental illness um change and adapt as the generations progress. Um, and unfortunately, I realized that I did not uh, pr- like fully answer your question, and that I think that's partially just because there's not a great amount of data other than the fact that it does seem that both generations, first and second, do struggle with mental illness, but the types of illnesses they struggle with seem to be different.
2: Okay, okay. No, and I definitely agree with you that it, it, like, this is interesting because as generations progress on, uh, values from South Asia and values in the American culture get intermingled, and um, hopefully we'll, we'll have more individuals speak up as generations um, go forward. Next question that I have for you is, what is the role of people like yourself um, and South Asian mental health providers in tackling the stigma? What can we do?
1: The role of providers here, the South Asian providers, people like myself, uh, people in the field of psychology, people in the field of social work. Um, as you are likely aware, I mean, South Asians are, a, if not number one, very close to the number one, um, like immigrating population into America at this point. Um, and so we are establishing a presence um, in in this country um, in an unprecedented fashion. And so the role of us as we start to take root, especially in these professions that can involve um, and intertwine with mental health and mental illness, um, really is huge. Through, I mean, through our involvement in these fields, I think we are able to provide a unique lens to those around us.
2: All right, Jay. So, what is the role? of people like yourself, South Asian mental health providers, in tackling the stigma that's in our community?
1: That, I think, is a really huge question and so important to ask. I think it's hard to actually overstate how important the role is of professionals that are involved in fields that interface with mental health. So what that includes but is not limited to Um, psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, other therapists, um, all of these people are so crucial um, to this conversation about mental illness in the South Asian community. And as an increasing number of South Asians enter those fields, their involvement and their um, engagement and investment in helping to diminish and to break down the stigma um, in the South Asian community is, is huge. They are able to provide a lens um, and help navigate a gap um, in understanding that pretty much no Western provider would be able to um, give. And so what I mean is that, so those of us that are South Asian raised in a culture, um, a South Asian culture, um, and yet are involved in a profession that is like either really scientific or um, involves mental health, are able to bridge that gap between our cultural understandings of illness and mental illness um, in ways that very few others can. And that really creates a moment of responsibility for all of us to really do our best to help our families and our friends understand what mental illness is, who it impacts, and how significant that impact is. And as we start to do that, and as our friends and family start to really understand the significance of mental illness, I think we'll start to be able to see people that have been silently struggling come out of the woodworks and start to really get the help that they've been needing for a long time.
2: I definitely echo your optimism, Jay. Um, it would be, it'd be very nice to see a ripple effect, you know, where people who um, are currently dealing with mental health illnesses start to speak up because more people in our community are speaking up. So, Jay, thank you for taking time out of your day, out of your busy schedule to speak with us today. Um, folks who are listening to the podcast, you can catch Jay being active in the mental health space in the Pacific Northwest.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you both for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you, Jay. Thank you. Hey, everyone. If you could just ask for a little bit more of your time and love to rate our podcast on iTunes or shoot us a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks to the podcast team of me, Anand, Buddy, Shama, and Ashley. If you want to continue the conversation, check out our website at manmukti.org or connect with us on social media. We'll see you next time.